Hey everybody, and welcome to Podcast 52, where I'm still sick, but I talk about cycles. I'm much too fast to take that test. Ch-ch-ch-change Turn and face the strain. Ch-ch-change Don't wanna be a richer man. Ch-ch-ch-change Turn and face the strain. Ch-ch-change Gonna have to be a different man Now I may change me But I can't trace time This rambling is gonna be totally off the top of my head So I have no idea if it will be short or long or make any sense Especially since I'm still sick I just renewed my car membership thing It's not, you know, the car insurance It's the membership thing you have to get to have the car insurance, which is kind of dumb, but this group of people I'm with, you know, the, the car insurance thing plus, you know, the car insurance is cheaper than other places just getting the car insurance. So seems like a, a good deal to me. But one thing that struck me as odd was that when he was closing the deal, I, I had to call the person because I had gotten a higher level membership and I wanted to go back to the regular level membership, but Anyways, when the guy closed the call, he was like, thanks for being a member for clickety-clackety. Oh, nine years. And he sounded really surprised at that. I was kind of surprised that he was surprised. I mean, car insurance and this this kind of membership thing is something that you need, you know, in theory, at least in California, for, you know, as long as you're alive, pretty much, and driving a car. You don't need it if you're not driving a car, obviously. But as long as you're driving a car... And, you know, let's face it, everybody here in California drives cars everywhere all the time. You know, that would be something you would need for your whole life. Considering there are not all that many car insurance places, I was kind of surprised that he was surprised that I had been a member for nine years. The reason why I decided to ramble about this is because earlier today I was thinking about how people look at MMOGs. MMOGs are not something that people should look at as a this is for the rest of my life kind of thing. You know, like car insurance, you know, that's something you have to have the rest of your life. Similarly, the reason why I don't like a lot of the jobs I've done in my past is, you know, it's just a cycle of day after day after day after day, and it seems like the rest of my life. So that's, you know, really depressing in terms of a job. You know, people are supposed to cycle out of jobs every two to three years, or at least, you know, go up in level. A lot of the places I have worked, well, pretty much all of them, there really wasn't anywhere to go up. You joined, and then they kind of just treated that like this is where you're going to be the rest of your life. So I've been thinking about these regular life things as compared to gaming things, and it just struck me as kind of odd that in the last, you know, dozen years, MMOGs have become really popular And of all of gaming history that I can remember, I have never, ever, ever thought of a game as this is something I'm going to do for, you know, the rest of my life, you know, let alone years down the road. I tend to not look at MMOGs that way, but most people do. And I think it's it's really strange because gaming is all about joining this world and then you have fun in this world and you go, oh, these were some really cool, fun adventures. And then you move on to the next world. For me, gaming is kind of like 
you know, regular people go on vacations or they go out to dinner or whatever. You know, that's what I do for my entertainment, and that's my main thing. And that is where, you know, the bulk of my experience and I guess you could say social interaction come into play. So lately, it's just been really kind of strange for me to see people talking about MMOGs because there's this sort of thread that I'm I'm talking with people about a particular game. And some of them are like, you know, oh, I, I don't want to play that game because that's not what I see myself playing and I only play one MMOG at a time. And I just, it's really been kind of, I don't know if I could say bothering me, but it's been really strange that people would even think that way. I mean, I can understand it from, you know, a money standpoint. You know, people only want one subscription at a time, even though this one doesn't have one. I can see it from a personal resource standpoint, because people only have, you know, so much time and energy to devote towards gaming. And, you know, sometimes they prefer to only devote it to, you know, one game. But I don't know, maybe it's just because, you know, I've been gaming my whole life and gaming as long as, you know, gaming has existed, even though these people are, you know, pretty much my age, as it were, for the most part, some are even a little bit older, it still strikes me as really strange to see people saying, this is the one game I'm going to play for the rest of my life, and this other new one doesn't look interesting to me because I'm only going to play one and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, you know, the car insurance thing came up with one of those things that, yes, that is something that I look at doing for the rest of my life because I need to do it. You know, you have to have certain kind of insurances here in California, and that's, you know, one of them. But gaming, I've always viewed gaming as, you know, you get this game, and then you finish it in a month or two. Well, you know, I do. And then, um, you know, you move on to the next one. And I've always looked at that as you know, the whole genre of gaming as a repeating cycle of, you know, exploring this land, exploring this world, exploring this universe, and then, you know, moving on and getting a good story from, you know, what you did, have a good time, and then, you know, move on to the next one. So I just thought that was kind of weird that, um, you know, some people look at it as they only play this one game and that's all they do and they don't ever look at other games. And, you know, that's cool for them, I guess. But it seems kind of strange to me because, like I said, that seems kind of, you know, opposite to what gaming should be at its core to me. One thing I've been talking about a lot lately is the Mass Effect 3 online, you know, play style of some people. Some people are, you know, repeatedly sticking to one map or repeatedly playing games with a random map, a specific bad guy. And, you know, I I can understand that they want to practice against this one map or one bad guy. But I think more often than not, the reason they're doing this is because they have you know, specific character or characters in their group who are strong against this particular bad guy type. And I think that kind of changes the rules of the game, as it were. This is something that really 
kind of comes up more with, you know, pen and paper gaming or board gaming or card gaming. But it seems to me that a game, you know, has certain qualifiers, you know, some of which are you will roll dice and the dice will have random results and they will alter your success or failure. There are, you know, certain kinds of rules and you have to follow the certain kind of rules that, you know, restrict and sort of guide, I guess, your actions. And to me, if if you take out too many of these elements, if you control for too many elements, you know, you put limitations or changes to things, it can alter, you know, the game and, to me, change it from being a game to a story. Now, there's nothing wrong with an interactive story, and there's nothing wrong with playing a game. But I think, you know, when you sit down with your friends and you want to have a good time, I think it's very important to know which you want to do and which they want to do and where your styles sort of meet. Because I think, you know, in this case of, you know, Mass Effect 3 Online, I really don't like playing with people who, you know, specifically set the settings so that they are strong against particular enemies. You know, maybe it's because, you know, I enjoy a challenge and I like to have fun and I like to have things that are random, that are uncontrolled, that are you know, within the rules, but, you know, this could happen, this other thing could happen. And I think in a way, you know, you change that, you set the map, you set the bad guy type, you know, you know an exact strategy you're going to use against them every time, and you know exactly where you're going to position yourself every time. You know, granted, there's still the shooting and there's still randomization, but it turns it from the total game it is into more of we're going to go here and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this, which seems more, you know, like a story or, you know, something different than a randomly challenging game. Because then it goes from, you know, being random and different and unknown to we're going to do this and this and this, and the only thing that differs is that story of how we did it. So I don't know if this uh, has a big point to it, but... You know, it's just one of those things, I think, that, you know, your style and your friend's style may match or they may differ. And I think it's really important for you to know, you know, do you enjoy a game with all of the rules of the game? Or do you enjoy more of a story where it has, you know, less rules and more freedom or more predictability? So I had a little bit of extra money with my paycheck this week. And as regular listeners know, I don't have a lot going on right now besides Mass Effect 3. So I looked around at my sort of a wish list and, you know, what other stuff was out there. And there's something that went up on Steam, I guess about a week ago, called The Legend of Grimrock. And I decided to check that out and pick it up. It's a cheaper game at 15 bucks. I expect that'll probably get down to like 12 or 10 pretty quickly because it's not really a mainstream kind of game. In fact, I would be surprised if anybody under the age of about 25 gets it, quote unquote, right away. 
Because what it is, is it's a new game. So it's, you know, um, current generation graphics, and it looks very cool, and it's animated very well. But it is done in the old school style of dungeon crawls. So you've got a party of four characters that can be pre-generated, you know, from whatever defaults they have, or you can create the characters yourself. And you are moving around in a grid pattern. So, you know, you go forward, turn right, forward, forward, turn left, forward, etc. And it has some sort of graphic style adventure hooks, I guess you could say. You'll find stuff on the ground and you, you pick it up and put it in your inventory. Or, you know, there's secret stuff that you want to look at on the walls. But it was very cool to see something, you know, new done in a style that I haven't played since... I think Lands of Lore, maybe 20 years ago, was the last game I played in this style. And it's very cool. I've only played an hour, and my characters died pretty horribly. Um, I, It wasn't anything I didn't really expect to happen, because I had watched, you know, some reviews and some sort of footage of what the game was to check out what it is. And so basically, you know, I just died because monsters killed me. It was right at the start of the game, and you start with nothing, so I really didn't have you know, a lot to fight the monster with. So I got trapped in a corner and then, you know, they just smushed me. But I am very much looking forward to checking it out. It looks, you know, like an old school game that is uh, very cool because it's a, you know, new school style. That's the kind of game that I've sort of missed. They don't really do that anymore. That old style focuses a lot on, you know, atmospheric stuff and tension. And you've got sort of this... I don't know how to say, but sort of a, an element or, I guess, feeling as you're playing that doesn't really come around in current generation games. Most current generation stuff is built around, you know, you go through one room or a couple of rooms, and then you have sort of a big battle, and then you have sort of a break, and then you, you know, repeat that style. There really aren't any games sort of in the old school style where it's just one big dungeon, and, you know, it's always, you know, dungeony. And there's, you know, traps you want to watch out for and monsters you can avoid by doing certain things or, you know, shortcuts and secrets. And there's not a whole lot of that going on lately. And I kind of miss that. And it's kind of sad to not see that around anymore. So I decided to check it out, pick it up. Um, it's 15 bucks on Steam if you want to get it yourself. Like I said, it will probably drop in price fairly quickly I would give it maybe six months because it is new and so you know it will probably drop in price quickly but it has the ability to have mods so people could make dungeons for it or they could add on you know expansion content so I expect it will probably not drop as quickly as it could if it does get that support because then you know it would hold high replay value and you know if it doesn't get that support if it is just the one not randomized dungeon then, you know, people burn through the content pretty quick and they'll be like, well, it's fun, but it doesn't have a huge replay value. And I'll pick it up, check it out if you are into that kind of thing and have missed it. Or, you know, if you're curious about how, you know, gaming was back in the day when dinosaurs ruled the earth, you know, check it out too. Um, at least give it a look and see, uh, you know, on the YouTubes and various videos and uh, check out what it was like once upon a time.
fairly big news for gaming, and this is going to come out kind of in the middle of it, is that Blizzard has opened up Diablo 3 to anyone who has an account, and if you don't have an account, you can just go make one in a couple minutes, and you can check out Diablo 3, basically what the beta was, which is effectively level 1 through 13, and it's what they're calling Act 1 up until you kill the Skeleton King, and then, you know, you have to restart. Rumors are that this may be sort of what they call, I guess, a starter game. And after launch, they would do the same thing where you could do this for free. So this is, you know, stated as a stress test. So I don't know, you know, how stable it will be in terms of, you know, player load. It might be too heavy a load. If you have been curious to check out Diablo 3 before it launches, you know, in the middle of next month, from Friday, April 20th at noon, which would be the day before the podcast launches, up until Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, so a couple days after the podcast has come out. You can just go to the site and download Diablo 3 and check it out. I expect that any characters you make probably will be wiped, you know, before any other tests or obviously before launch because this is just a test. It's not, you know, early entry or anything. So don't expect to keep your characters. But if you have been, you know, really wanting to check it out, it is a pretty cool way to get a look at the characters and you know, how they sort of feel in action and how the current skill system works. I haven't been able to play in, I think, like a month because something funny happened to my client. I don't know why, but it's saying that I don't have a beta license to play, even though I'd, you know, been playing for a while. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't update the client. I don't know. It's, it's possible my client just got glitched and I would just have to re-download it. But being stuck on slow wireless, you know, it's, it's something like, it was something like 5 or 8 gig. You know, it's, you're talking about a couple of days for me to download the client again. So I'm like, well, you know, it's going to launch pretty soon. I'll just I'll just wait or see if the, you know, client fixes itself. Hasn't. So um, I don't know if it's changed or not. Or, you know, it could even be a different build than the build I had access to. But I think it's kind of, you know, important for people to check out if you've been curious about it. Because they did do something kind of strange with the skills. I can see why they did it from a balance standpoint, but only certain skills can go on certain mouse buttons. Like, you know, say you have kill everybody skill. You can't put the kill everybody skill on any button or any hotkey. It has to only go, you know, say on the left mouse button. Now, if you get the uber kill bosses skill, if that too is a left button skill, you can only have one of those active at a time. You know, you have to pick. Do I like to kill everybody's skill or to kill Uber Boss's skill? I don't know. The good thing, too, though, is that they changed it, so there's just a cooldown to change the skill. So let's say, you know, you're fighting just generic guys. You can use the kill everybody skill, and then when you're coming up to a boss, you just back out, change the skill, wait for a small cooldown, and then you can use the new skill. So I didn't find it, you know, completely game-breakingly limiting, as it were. But I did find it kind of annoying because there was a skill that I did use on one of my hotkey buttons because I didn't like to have it hotkeyed to my mouse keys. And it prevented me from doing that because I already had a skill of that type slotted in the mouse key slot. So it says you can't use this skill anywhere else. So it's like, well, that's kind of annoying and limiting. So, you know, it might be kind of important for you to check that out if that kind of thing is really critical for you to know, you know, before launch. So you have a small window to check it out, uh, you know, in theory. Like I said, depends on the player load. Oh, 
Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. Ex-guildies Tia and Lib did donate a small pile of gold for fluffy socks and new pants. Three cheers for fluffy socks. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. So you wonder what your part is, because you're homeless and depressed. But home is where the heart is, so your real home's in your chest. Everyone's a hero in their own way. Everyone's got villains they must face. So that's it for Podcast 52. As you can tell, I'm still pretty horribly sick. I guess it's been about a week and a half now. I've had this cough, lung congestion thing. And my lymph nodes around my throat are so swollen, it's kind of like I'm strangling myself all the time. So I'm guessing that's probably part of what is causing the cough in my throat. Though I have sort of a a raspiness when I'm breathing, so there's something going on with my lungs. I tried to get into the health center at school, but there wasn't anybody there today that could see me, so I guess I kind of blew that by waiting so long. But by being so sick, you know, it's like I walk 10 feet and I'm exhausted and, you know, I I don't want to walk anywhere and stuff, so I would have had to do a lot of walking anyways, so I I was previously not really healthy enough to to do it before today. So, in theory, I have an appointment on Tuesday. Um, you know, that's today's Friday, so you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's still, you know, a ways away, and hopefully I will not get more sick. Outside of this, um, I really don't have any more symptoms. It kind of started with, like, a fever and chills, and then there was, like, a raspiness in my throat that was, you know, sort of tickling and made me cough, and so I had a lot of coughing fits there for a while, and then it turned into congestion in my nose and lungs, and When I would cough, you know, little white yuckies would come out, and they still do that. But now, you know, the fever and chills have gone away, and it's pretty much just the cough in my lungs and stuff. And for the past few nights, I have slept, you know, without coughing myself crazy during the night. So I I think I am getting better, and I'm just doing a little bit of talking today, um, you know, finish out the podcast, and um, that will be it. I will pretty much not be talking really outside of that. So hopefully, you know, my throat will continue to get better and whatever's going into my lungs will go away and stop being sick. But that's really it for um, this podcast and all I can think of. There isn't anything super important coming along. There's Diablo 3 news, but that will be, you know, basically happening as the podcast comes out. So I'm letting you know about it. And if you live in the future, uh, you missed it. Sorry. But you can probably pick up the release game because, you know, maybe you live in the future a month from now. I don't know. Also, a month from now is Max Payne 3, which I still haven't decided if I want to pick it up or not. Like I said, I don't recall playing more than just a demo of one of the games. But with all the technological and AI advances, it does look really, really awesome. What might happen is that I'll probably wind up not getting it at launch because it launches, I I think, the same day as Diablo 3. And so that will distract me, obviously, because I'm going to pick that up for sure. And I'll probably pick up Max Payne 
sometime, you know, in the future, a few months after that, and, you know, check it out at a future time. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's currently in my budget, so there's that. But, you know, um, like I said, I haven't played it before, I don't think, so I will probably, you know, pay close attention to what's going on with the reviews and such and, and see what people say about it, see if the improvements are as big of a deal as they seem, or if people just go, meh, it's okay. So that's it for this podcast, and um, that's all I can think of. And hopefully, I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Heal what has been hurt Change the fate's design Save what has been lost Bring back what once was mine What once was you have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.